0: Hello, I'm Party Parslow, and this is Party in China. It's the story of my fascinating, frustrating, and very funny adventures teaching English in the Chinese provinces of Sichuan and Jiangsu. This is the truth, but it's not the whole truth because just too much happened. And it's not nothing but the truth because there are jokes and hearsay, conjecture and mistakes, and because half the time I was half drunk. Welcome to the 8th instalment of Party in China, when I finally make it into a classroom, honest. It was the second day of the first week of school. I'd missed Monday's classes because nobody gave me a roster. Now I had a roster, but no classes on Tuesday afternoons. So I returned to my flat to conscientiously prepare lesson plans for the next morning. But without any guidance, without textbooks, without having spoken to students or other English teachers, I had no idea what or how to prepare. So I ended up daydreaming about being one of those teachers, the ones the students always remember, the ones who shape young lives. Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society, Sidney Poitier in To Serve With Love, that cranky old bastard in Fame, The teachers who had changed my life had done so mainly by teaching me how to suffer pain stoically. But there was a science teacher, Mr Godfrey, and he was one of those teachers for me. He put in extra time and effort, made learning exciting and fun, really cared for his students, all the stuff from the movies. In my case, at the age of 12 or 13, he taught me that it was okay to be amusing. In his classes, a funny line didn't have to be punished. A practical joke didn't necessitate a cane. Ow! Example number one. My science project was to teach a mouse to negotiate a maze within a week. Place the mouse at the start, have cheese at the end, observe and record. Easy. I built the maze out of cardboard and a hutch out of wood and wire. Then went to the local pet shop, which had a large glass container teeming with white mice. The pet shop man asked me which one I wanted. I answered, the white one. He thought that was very funny, laughed and grabbed one. I brought the mouse home and I thought I'd better make sure that my dog, Prince, was okay with having another animal around. When I showed him the mouse, he was fine with it. The mouse took one look at the dog and had a heart attack. The next day I went for another mouse. Which one? The white one. Only a smile this time. I wasn't going to risk another cardiac incident, so put the mouse straight into its hutch in the garage. But I hadn't shut the garage door. Prince went in, sniffed out the mouse and approached it. The mouse looked fearlessly back at the dog. Great, a brave one. Then Prince let out a huge bark and the mouse keeled over dead of shock. A third day. A third mouse. Pet Shop Man didn't think I was funny anymore. Minor success that afternoon with no sudden death and a reasonable run in the maze. Should have shut the garage window, though. The next morning the hutch was upended on the floor and mouse number three was gone. Almost certainly into next door's cat. On the fourth day, when I said the white one, Pet Shop Man asked me if I was feeding them to snakes. When I put mouse number four at the start of the maze, he unexpectedly turned and made a break for me. I initiated hot pursuit, but he successfully made it to the floor and behind some large plywood sheets. When I lifted the sheets to try and locate him, one slipped from my hand. When I lifted it again, there lay the mouse, lying dead with a crushed skull. By day five, I was getting desperate. It was Friday and the project was due Monday. I only had the weekend to teach a mouse the maze. I desperately needed an intelligent one. Pet shop man was now openly suspicious and said this was the last mouse he'd sell me. But things started to look up. The new mouse ran the maze several times that evening and the next morning. I was so pleased I decided to buy mouse number five a present. Pet shop man started to tell me to get out until I explained that all I wanted was an exercise wheel for my clever little mouse. However, number five had apparently never seen an exercise wheel and just looked at it, bewildered. I locked him safely in the garage overnight and looked forward to more maze training early on Sunday, which was when I found him, with his head jammed between the spokes and the triangular frame of the exercise wheel, his neck broken. My project was a complete disaster. I was depressed and expected to fail. But Mr. Godfrey gave me an A. With the notation, this is the funniest thing I've ever read. Example number two. The next year I sought extra credit by caring for the rats which would be dissected when they grew large enough. I spent a lot of time in the lab with the rats. I named them, I shared pats and cuddles. Did you know they giggle when you tickle them? Somehow I managed to ignore their impending doom until a Monday morning when I arrived with some tasty scraps from home to find an empty cage and two science teachers, Mr Godfrey and Brother Daniel, waiting for me with serious faces. Brother Daniel explained that the rats were ready for dissection and he'd gassed them to death over the weekend, thinking it better not to upset me by telling me beforehand. I think they expected tantrums or tears, but... In a moment of inspiration, I adopted a Jimmy Cagney gangster voice and accused Brother Daniel. You, you dirty brother, you're the brother who killed my rats. He just looked at me bewildered, but Mr Godfrey collapsed with laughter. So now I wanted to be some Chinese kid's Mr Godfrey. The phone interrupted my daydream. Mr Pouty, Wang is here! Mr Wong wanted to know why I wasn't in class. What class? I asked. There's nothing on the roster. But this was a just added double class as the website blurb had motivated a dozen or so parents to pay for extra tuition from the Santa Claus with deep humour who sounded like a bell. So ten minutes later I lost my Chinese cherry as a teacher and faced a small class of 14-year-olds, all of whom were allegedly advanced, in their English studies. I'd prepared no lesson, so introduced myself and asked for questions. Nothing. I launched into a rambling rant about China, Australia, the English language and Star Wars. Can't remember how I got onto Star Wars, but they'd never even heard of the movies. Apart from three girls who giggled uncontrollably whenever I looked at them... The only real reaction was when I told them that kids their age would have boyfriends and girlfriends in Australia. The girls were disgusted, the boys fascinated, but they were all shocked. When the bell rang, they left, smiling, some thanking me politely, and I saw that Mr Wong had been listening at the door. He said to me, Oh, very good, Mr Putty. You are a real teacher, like me. Oh, I hope Mr Godfrey hears this. On the Monday of my second week at school, I was greeted at the gate by a couple of girls who each gave me a rose. Nice. They weren't even my students. They said, happy T-shirt day. But I don't wear T-shirts. My first class was juniors five, a rambunctious riot of pre-adolescence with one girl, Cindy, who actually listened to me, asked questions, and often told the noisy others to shut up on my behalf. I liked her. As I walked in, the class was in uproar. The fights, games, yelling and laughter persisted despite my presence. Up until now, I'd been a nice guy, but something about this lack of respect infuriated me. And I bellowed, SHUT UP! SIT DOWN! They shut up, and they sat down. Two teachers from nearby classes came in to see who'd been murdered. I threw them out and continued, "'When I walk into this classroom, be quiet and sit down. "'Understand?' Uh, "'Apparently not.' Cindy stood up. My only ally in the class was openly defying me. I was flabbergasted. I couldn't think how to handle such rebellion. Slowly, eyes down, she approached me and placed a gift on my desk and said softly, Happy Teacher's Day. The card read, Dear my lovely teacher, didn't I feel grand? It wasn't T-shirts day, it was Teacher's Day. The national day for showing appreciation to your educators. As I went to other classes, I received soap, a teacup, soap, a toothbrush, soap, and liquid soap. I think they were telling me I smelled bad. Other Chinese later told me the Westerners smell like cheese to them. My cards included a pink one with a cupcake on the front and my special friend. Inside was a lollipop and just for you with neatly printed Happy Teacher's Day. We love you. We need you. Junior Six. Another gushed even more impressively mr party send you our everlasting feeling of gratefulness and thankfulness on this special day happy teacher's day the most sincere wishes by all of us the wise on both day and happy joined up to make a smile very nice For weeks, Mr Wong had warned that the three foreign teachers would be introduced at Monday's assembly, a grand event where the entire school gathered on the sports field to be encouraged or harangued by various members of the faculty. I say three because a number had grown. Jean was a lovely and charming 20-year-old German on some sort of teacher-student exchange program which I never properly understood. Neither did the school as she travelled to the other side of the globe to a place where nobody wanted to learn German. Jean is a vegetarian, another reason she'd come to the wrong place. So she poked the food in the cafeteria with even more suspicion than I did. The locals were concerned for her, saying that if you didn't eat red meat for four years, you'd get hepatitis. We'd missed the first school assembly when they didn't tell us the term had started. And they'd forgotten about us on Teacher's Day too. So it wasn't until my third week of teaching that I stood on stage before a veritable Nuremberg rally of thousands of students. Jean and Trevor had already had their turns at the microphone. Both were very nervous. Trevor had done well, employing his university Mandarin to scattered applause and everyone loved Jean whether they'd understood a word she'd said or not. I'd spent the first fortnight trying to teach my classes to pronounce g'day properly. So started by yelling out the Australian greeting. G'day! Came back from about 15 groups in the crowd. The other students looked at them, bemused, as did the dignitaries on stage. Oh, except for Trevor, who was bent over laughing. I grabbed the microphone and attempted some Chinese. You know, thanks for making me welcome, that sort of thing. God knows what I said, but when I looked up from my notes, thousands of people appeared stunned. So I wrapped up with, as, as we said, say in Australia, Hogmahoin, Kapla. Hogmahoin is Irish for kiss my ass, and Kapla is Klingon for victory. As I left the stage to desultory applause, the principal started ranting angrily on the microphone. Thinking he was talking about us, I asked the head of the foreign teacher office, Mr. Liu, what he was saying. He answered, "Uh, He says this is the most shameful day in our history. Christ, I interrupted. That's the worst review I've ever had. Oh, Mr. Party, he replied. You are always so hubris. It was the anniversary of the day in 1931 when the Japanese army blew up a train track in Manchuria so they could blame imaginary insurgents and invade. We call it the Manchurian Incident, but to the Chinese, it's the September 18 Incident. And 81 years later, they were still yelling at high school students about their shared shame. As you just heard, Mr Liu called me Mr Party. And the kids wrote Mr Party on the cards, and they called me Mr Party all the time, and I was just uncomfortable with children addressing me by what sounded like the perfect nickname for my penis. But then I realised it was the perfect nickname for every man's penis. And it didn't bother me so much. I'm Mr Party. Please join me next time when I get beaten up by a little old lady. A really little, really old, really angry lady. And you'll never guess why. That's in the next episode of Party in China. Party in China. For more, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bites.com.